1: Now for us to check in with Rob Shaw, political correspondent for Czech News, filling in for Von Palmer this week. Now, Rob, there's always something for us to talk about. We're looking for an update here, I guess, on what happened with NDP MLA Adam Walker.
0: Yeah, it's a complex situation, it sounds like. And we got more of what didn't happen with him from the premier yesterday, a series of what he didn't do versus, versus what he actually apparently did. But uh we know from the Premier that it uh this offense that caused him to be ejected from caucus uh, was not sexual harassment. The Premier kind of came out and said that it's not an offense in which he's been criminally charged with anything or is facing criminal sanctions um so I guess there's a whole bunch there that that we can rule out. He had to sort of uh piece together through kind of what was sort of half said and inferred to kind of get a better clear of what appeared a picture of what appears to be happening here. And then also buried in MLA Adam Walker's receipts, which we have all paid for his receipts of his um, sort of constituency office spending is some interesting legal uh, expenses, $1,600 in legal fees that, were incurred earlier this year around a grievance process involving uh, one of his staff members in his constituency office. And there's all sorts of, it's it's kind of severed out, but um, there's words that are in these receipts from the lawyer's office. So things about um, MLA Walker trying to go to someone's doctor for, um some type of information uh, What? a staff member That's yeah, weird. A, staff, a staff member who's trying to go on leave uh a BCGEU grievance there's a weird reference to a workplace impairment policy uh and all sorts of things in this uh, these legal receipts so it appears to kind of head off in that direction there's there's obviously been some incident Uh, in MLA Walker's office, uh, and uh, this HR complaint that was filed earlier this year, which has led to an investigation, has ended up uh, with him out of the NDP. So I I don't know if we have the full picture yet. Uh, At talking to Mr. Walker yesterday, he said he can't talk about it. He's going through a grievance process, which appears to be through the BCGEU, which represents the staff in his office, he hopes that the grievance process clears his name. But um, <laughs> that is that is what we know as of this morning. So, OK, so a very messy situation.
1: Yeah. So the grievance process has to do with the situation, in the constituency office. What about his ejection from the caucus? Is there any grievance process for that?
0: No, no, that's just the pleasure of the premier. You know, he can get ejected from caucus for anything you can look the premier uh, at the the wrong way and out you go. Uh, So uh, whether he's ever invited back in, I guess is going to depend entirely on, he seems to think he can clear his name through the grievance process and that he, when I talked to him yesterday, (laughs) he doesn't think the premier should have come out and said anything yet because it hasn't been settled in his mind. Um, So that, that, that is where we stand on that. I will say, you know, like, In the past, um, there have been been MLAs who have done really um, unkind things to their staff, I think. and I I guess I'll give David Eby credit for kind of, he's almost like laying a new line down in the sand and saying whatever's going on in this office, which he knows more than we do, is not okay. And he's not going to allow an MLA in his caucus who treats people a certain way and who ends up in this gigantic uh, implosion in his office, where in the past, I think we have seen a lot of party leaders just sort of let bad behavior or alleged bad behavior go because that's politics and that's just the way it is. And the ends justify the means. You don't want to give your enemies any uh, quarter and you don't want to look weak. Um, So I think, I think the premier's trying something slightly new here, but uh, we're, we will see how that goes over.
1: That's really interesting then from that perspective and that this is different. This is this is like the new leader of the party saying, you know what, this isn't going to work on my watch.
0: Yeah. And in the past, um, you know, in, in the very recent past, <laughs> in, in the very, very <laughs> so, recent past.
1: You're so diplomatic. Uh,
0: you know, uh, there have been politicians who have treated the people around them horribly. In any other workplace, um, in any other profession, they would have been fired. And they weren't fired because they were cabinet ministers or important MLAs at a time when, you know, there's a minority government and you can't afford to fire someone. And behavior kind of is allowed to exist. And I think what's different here is with a clear, clear, majority and a new premier and a set of values, I guess, um, he doesn't want to stand for it. And so what might have been the situation that is, you know, and we don't know the full scope, but uh, what might have been a situation that uh, could have stood in the past doesn't stand now. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see because not everyone I think in caucus, in his caucus is going to necessarily understand that if you're a veteran politician and you've watched people do awful things, and survive, and here's someone who may not have done something quite as awful, but doesn't, um, you're going to wonder about that changing and shifting values. So uh, I think he's sending a message to his caucus with this, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes.
1: Now, Rob, could you please explain to me what this housing announcement was all about yesterday?
0: <laughs> well, the yeah, it was part of it was pretty boring. There was like a new guide to... Uh, building a secondary suite in your home, which, uh, you know, doesn't really warrant the premier and everyone yeah. coming out to a press conference. It was like a one-stop permit shop, which we already knew uh, was being created. But I think it was more of a kind of kickoff of the Union BC municipalities meeting where housing is a number one topic. And so the premier wanted to sort of reannounce uh, a couple of things. What I found interesting is buried sort of within that, is a document on the government's website that lays out sort of the details of a new program I think a lot of people are going to be interested in, which is the government helping you pay to build a secondary suite in your home. So if you have a house, you think your basement might be a good suite that you could rent out, but you haven't kind of gone through that process, there's a program that's starting in April, and it will match 50% of the cost of your renos with a forgivable loan up to 40 grand. So you get 40 grand free. Um, But there are some rules here. You have to have a maximum household income. So everyone in the house uh, of under $209,000. You have to have a property that's worth less than 2.1 million. And most importantly, you have to agree to rent your new suite at below market rates for five years. So right now in Vancouver, that would mean you'd be renting your one-bedroom at $1,500 or your two-bedroom at, at almost $1,900 a month for five years in exchange for the government's cash to help you build this suite in your house. And it's a an interesting program. It's going to open in April. Uh, I wonder what the uptake will be. The government estimates, I yeah. think, maybe 3,000 people will... We'll, we'll take them up on this. I don't know. To me, it's kind of one of those ones where it's like you can see both sides of it. You, the government's helping to increase the value of a house for sure. Like Yeah, but it's so term.
1: narrow, right? Like all of those yeah. different uh, qualifications are so narrow.
0: Yeah, it only uh, the NDP government loves to income test things. We've talked about this before. They love to income test because they cannot fathom the idea of helping people of a certain income bracket. Like if you reach a certain point and they just don't want to do anything with you, you're too wealthy. They want to help wealthy people. And their problem has always been determining what wealthy is. And I guess in Metro Vancouver, if you own a home and your combined income in your house is $209,000, um, I don't, you're certainly not wealthy. I'm not sure are. You are sure not wealthy are. these
1: days on that, yeah. No.
0: And so that kind of kneecaps this thing out of the gate. But again, that's an ideological sort of almost gag reflex from the NDP government. They just cannot stomach helping people who make too much money. And they income test the heck out of everything and the income level is low. It's very low. And so, but it's an innovative program. I don't think government's ever done anything quite like this. Uh, And uh, it's going to get a lot of press because it's certainly something that the government hasn't done uh, before so the rest of the week there'll be a lot more questions I think for David Eby at UBCM and I know Ravi Kalon as housing minister did a sort of Q&A yesterday which I was sort of reading through I didn't hear anything new but the government wants to list all the things it's doing and remind municipalities to get off your duff and uh, start approving housing or the big bad province is going to come in and start doing it for you which is the sort of they keep saying message that. to all the councillors.
1: I know they keep they've been saying that for the last couple of years though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they have. And, uh, it's, uh, the rubber will have to meet the road at some point, but they're giving them mostly until the end of the year. Uh, and it conveniently Simi, conveniently when this was sort of laid out the timeline of when they might start going after municipalities, very conveniently, it looks like it probably won't be until after the next election. <laughs> 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 so there is, there is that to think about, uh, but but we'll see what the that's next That's amazing year.
1: timing. That's amazing. Yeah, just, just, I
0: mean, look, it's, you can't... If you were to ask one of the many sort of spin masters in government, they'd say, come on, man, that's not... That's not about an election. Like, how dare you suggest that, timing. yes. Yeah, but, uh, but there's a bunch of other housing stuff that the government's working on. And I think for municipalities, they want to get a better picture of it this year because they're sort of watching their... Um, authority erode in a little way uh, in different areas. And whether it's missing middle that they're having to bring in or other things, they're, they're changing in response to what they hear from premier EB.
1: It's not just BC doing. though, is it though? Because now even the federal government has said, if you come to us for housing help, co-op building, whatever, we're going to demand some changes. So the message yeah. is definitely changing from senior levels of government.
0: For sure. And from um, premier EB's housing Doppelganger federally, which is conservative leader Pierre Poilievre, which is kind of mind blowing, but they're basically on the same page for housing. Their their plans are very very similar. And his he was just out in Vancouver the other week saying, you know what? We're going to get more money in municipalities that build more. And we're going to give less money to the municipalities that don't. And that's essentially what the province is saying as well. And so the feds moving in that direction, um, which is a guy who on the polls looks like he could be the next prime minister. Uh, lines those two levels of government up.
1: So interesting. Rob, thank you.
0: Okay, take care.